1: multimedia cafe my name is Jason Spies thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the multimedia cafe a place where you never know who you're gonna run into or what we're gonna talk about well on today's program taking a look at our menu of topics our list of items that we're gonna be talking about today we talk with Josh Hickman from American Energy Partners gives an overview of the American Energy Partners as well as his professional background The paradigm shift in energy is discussed from the well site to the office to financing. Hickman gives an update from the Marcellus and Utica shale plays, as well as his thoughts on working in Texas, Colorado, Wyoming, and the Bakken. Land agents, perception of fossil fuels, agriculture, and clean energy are also discussed. This is Josh Hickman with American Energy Partners.
2: Josh Hickman, Chief Operating Officer of American Energy Partners and president of hickman geological consulting
1: thank you for joining today's program here
2: all right you're welcome glad to be on the show with you and to discuss all these all these topics we've been batting around here in the past a little bit
1: all right there we go got the mic level checked finally up i was stalling there a little bit so i apologize Mr. Josh Hickman, American Energy Partners here. Sometimes when you're doing things in the media, you know, it's like changing the oil in your car while you're going 40, 50, 100 miles down the road. Sometimes just life doesn't stop, and you just got to change that oil in the car. You know, there's things that need Sometimes to be
2: done. and you get burned is what you're saying.
1: You know, uh, before we get into kind of – I'd like to talk about the paradigm shift that's happened in energy. We were having that conversation before we started the interview, and it's re- it was really a good conversation because uh, we were both part of that paradigm shift. Uh, and so we, we had an interesting – Perception from it, but first of all, talk to me about your company, American Energy Partners. Where you guys are located, what you guys are doing, uh, how you're interacting with the energy industry.
2: American Energy Partners was was really founded over over a number of years. Uh, and, you know, it was it was an idea started by our CEO uh, Brad Dmitrievich, to to really kind of capture the, this this change in the energy sector. Of you know, you have businesses. Um, that are typically private. You have uh, businesses that are typically very, very public. But how do you how do you go in between that and grow these smaller private businesses into um, you know into a a public fold? And we're really on the cusp of that. And you know, most of that is in our our shareholder documents and you know all the filings that we've done over the years. So I won't get you know too deep down that road. But just uh, just to say that we're a, a growing. Public company that is, uh, you know, has recently acquired my uh, private company, Hickman Geological Consulting.
1: I wrote down paradigm shift in energy and economics because, as you were speaking, that that was another kind of an, another shift that happened was the the public-private shift, the the way that venture capital money kind of came into the market. At the same time, the energy industry was going through this technological change you know big data now it
0: doesn't
1: yeah right I mean some of these uh, technologies are so old or new again Um, talk to me a little bit about the paradigm shift from your perspective in the energy industry about how hydraulic fracturing and the data and everything that's gone into it is really the industry is like completely different than it was 20 years ago
2: well you know I, I can I can talk mostly from, from my own personal experiences as well as that is the community up here in the greater Pittsburgh region Marcellus and Utica and uh, you know I started the industry in really 2003 I uh, I started work for Consol energy CNX gas that it transitioned into and when I was in school and going through grad school you know I was, I was completely convinced that I would be sitting on you know single or double rigs drilling shallow wells maybe 120. You know, 130 a, a year, you know, doing you know shallow drilling programs, and you know we were going to be really excited when we hit a big well, and a big well might be it would do you know half a BCF uh, or a BCF over its lifetime of, of gas, and uh, you know I was doing evaluation on a on a well here recently, and that the the EUR on that well, the estimated ultimate recovery looked like it was going to be over 30 uh, BCF. Uh, out of one well uh, here in the Utica, and you know, you know, it's it's definitely brought a, brought a, a change to my life in the industry that I I just was not prepared for, didn't think was going to happen, you know, because I was I was employed um, with Cabot uh, and a little bit with CNX during that transition from from the shallow to to shale, and it was a. Uh, you know, a complete difference and a complete, uh, complete change in in the world and how how the, the world happened. All of a sudden, we were talking about you know drilling programs in the tens of millions of dollars and the hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, and not just you know a couple million dollars. You know, or, you know four hundred thousand dollars per well. We were talking, you know, fourteen million dollars for a well. A quite quite different world um, than. Than what I've anticipated or started with, but you have to change and you have to adapt as, as we keep throwing that, that word around. We have to keep uh, shifting the paradigm and making sure that we're able to adapt. And when you don't, you kind of get left behind. Uh, so that's uh, change in skill set, you know, change in the world, and that's what we've really tried to adapt. I uh, I left the uh, the corporate world, I guess you'd say, you know, six years ago. to Start Hickman Geological Consulting. And that was, uh, that was a big difference. You know, you're, you're trying to then serve clients instead of be the client as the oil gas operator. So, you know, trying to figure out the niche there of what's, what's going to feed the family, what's going to work, as a lot of the, the business owners have had to do. They've had to chase the client it might not be what they wanted to do in their life or what they ever thought they would doing, be doing. In my case, I didn't even know, you know a career path existed uh, in the work that I'm doing now, really. In the um, you know most of our our world is, is expert witnesses, uh, witness work, mineral valuation work, and uh, geotechnical you know slip slide slope stability work. Uh, again, not not being a you know not drilling, not doing exploration geology that I did for so many years.
1: You're up there in the Marcellus Utica. Uh, are you at any other shale plays, or are you primarily just do your business there?
2: for the valuation services we're uh, actually nationwide uh, we do work in Texas um, Colorado uh, in the Bakken uh, even out, all the way out in California so it's really you know a, a nationwide service uh, you know, what is the value of those oil and gas rights for mineral buyers mineral sellers we do uh, we do sales of mineral rights as well uh, for the geotechnical work uh, we have projects uh, in Denver, uh, Colorado area, as well as uh, Pittsburgh, West Virginia, and
1: Ohio. Uh, how, how is it up there in, in the Marcellus and, and in Pit- Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania and that sort of thing with the acceptance of the oil and gas industry?
2: Well, it's something you have to pay close attention to. Uh, Pennsylvania, like like a lot of states, is is entrenched in in, in the urbanites and the uh, you know the rural to you know suburban folks. Uh, you know, if you look closely at the at the election maps from last last time it'll tell you a lot of a lot of that story. in that, you know, most of the election came down to uh, surprisingly Washington County. Uh, which way the county, which is the, the seat of the Marcella Shale, was going to swing. Uh, we know that, you know, Harrisburg, Philadelphia and, and Allegheny County, there where Pittsburgh's located, is gonna be mainly dominated by by Democratic voters. But the, um, but the rural side and, and where this uh, oil and gas revolution has happened was really you know, pulling it. Uh, Washington County goes both ways. I mean, depending on how it was, it went red um, in, in the last election cycle.
1: Mr. Josh Hickman, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment or two. We're going to take a brief pause. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Josh Hickman with American Energy Partners. My name is Jason Spies, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe.
0: Jason Speece, the most trusted voice in the Bakken.
2: Let's bring in Jason Speece, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Speece.
3: No one does an interview like Jason Speece. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online.
1: You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. (laughs) This is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? You need a raise. back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Josh Hickman with American Energy Partners.
2: Uh, which way the county, which is the, the seat of Marcella Shale, was going to swing. Uh, we know that, you know, Harrisburg, Philadelphia, and, and Allegheny County, there where Pittsburgh's located, is going to be mainly dominated by by Democratic voters, but the, um, but the rural side and, and where this, uh, oil and gas revolution has happened was really, you know, pulling it, uh, Washington County goes both ways, you I know, mean, depending on how it was, it went red, um, in, in the last election cycle and we'll see how that works. But from a, from a, uh, standpoint of acceptance of oil and gas, I, it's, it's one of those things that people have seen the benefit and the, uh, in the economics that it's brought to the area. Um, they've of course also seen some of the, some of the negative impacts, uh, you know, some families, you know, were you know, folks are areas, uh, mistakes were made companies, you know, did, did things that they shouldn't have done. Uh, they paid the price for that. I'll say that in 2019 versus 2009, the practices are, are, you know, a hundredfold better than they were. Uh, regulations are on point, uh, and the, and, and the industry as a whole realizes better how, to, to work in these environments with these large pressures, large volumes of water, sand, uh, and I'm, I, I just see a complete you know, difference in how the, the companies treat the landowners, which I'm very thankful for in these areas. So I think that helps with that acceptance of the industry up here as a whole. Uh, it's uh, it's much, much, much better off, and, and most of the times the folks that are, are arguing it are folks that are from outside the areas. Uh, they have some agenda. Or they have some ideal ideological um, you know, issue with the process, but it's um, you know something that they're not you know fully invested in in the community in many cases.
1: Josh Hickman, uh, chief operating officer at American Energy Partners, is our guest today, and he has a LinkedIn account and he writes a little bit for LinkedIn. I was going to ask you about you know you brought up the land, and I want I love to talk about the egg. Energy relationship and the history behind it and everything. And I was noticing on your LinkedIn page, you just recently wrote an article on land agents. Um, talk to me a little bit about, from your perspective, with you know working with land agents and and that relationship between um, ag, energy, land, the people, that sort of thing.
2: Well, when you, when you're dealing with land agents, and you know, my firm sees quite a bit of this, it, it's interesting. We have uh, in my in my history. I've got one foot in, in the world of the oil and gas operators, one foot in the in serving the landowners um, uh, in, in a whole career investment in figure out what the value of those oil and gas rights are. And so when you're really trying to think out, you know, that relationship between the, the operating companies, and the land agents, uh, who is, uh, you know, who has the best knowledge, who, who understands um, what they're trying to get out of, out of processing, you know, okay, so we, we've got to, we've got to get a well in, we've got to contact the landowners, we've got to understand, you know, how to get these folks into the units for an economical, um, amount. What are we going to do? You know, that, and that's really the, the, the land agent's job is trying to figure out, you know, how to, how to convince and, how to uh, get signed up these these oil and gas owners and, and you know keep them happy and treat them fair while you're uh, while you're also doing your job and, and making sure that the company's interests are protected. It's a hard job. It's really not easy.
1: You have an update from the Marcellus and the in the Utica up there. where I like to get updates from people who have uh, boots on the ground from the different shale plays that they're located in. Um, what any, anything you're hearing out there from your clients, customers? Cafes, that sort well, of thing.
2: Well, you had um, you had mentioned, and you were kind of leading into this question before when you were talking about how are things up there, um, and you went more the political route. But the you know the and my answer was more tense political. But the but you know the operating and the and the drilling and, and you know kind of the health of the play right now is that in 2018 for many companies up here it was was just way too much spending. Um, not within cash flow, not within investments, and it, it got out of hand. It, there's been plenty of articles people can read, you know, all day about uh, the EQT um, Rice Brothers uh, discussion. They can they can look at you know, ranges work. They can look at different different companies, but the but the real truth in the matter is that you know right now in 2019 uh companies are trying to go within cash flow that's been the, the theme of the entire shale play you know starting in 20, 2018 we need to you know, drill and produce and work within cash flow and that's what's really happened up here is that you're starting to contract uh frack companies are laying you know down their equipment your know, drill rigs uh, are are slowing and it's really uh been, been a a slowing of the of the drilling rate and production rate um, pipelines midstream is still booming you know downstream processing you know we're we're you know developing one of the most exciting things here in Pittsburgh for a long time which is the, the cracker plant that's going in by shell uh, in Monaco. and and so it's it's a you know, it's an exciting time for different parts of the industry but i look at it as you know it's the long slow uh, burn uh, and it's going to be, you know, the rest of my lifetime and generational for the, the oil and gas operators and the development of the Marcellus and the Utica. You know, we're, we're staring at 210 gas you know, national average this morning. You know, it's hard to get excited about drilling, you know, large wells with large capital outlays and getting, you know, a buck, buck 50 at the wellhead or at the, at the sales point um, when you're, when, you, when you're taking all the costs. So with that, you know, you, we have to slow down. We have to be disciplined cash spend uh, or we're just going to keep drilling ourselves out of business
1: is there any sort of uh, theme or any sort of category or specific area that uh, people overspent in 2018 or any any general area
2: I, you know I, I think it's just a, a general there was there was you know, too many leases taken there, were, there was too much drilling there was too much you know spent in in production and, and bringing too many wells online but that that's generally the, the issue the more you drill well that means the more wells you have to put in line because you've already spent that money on drilling so you have to slow down yeah um, the, it, but it's always a fight because well if you don't spend the drill then you're spending to release the, the acres that you've already leased so you know which which is the which is the harder pill to swallow is really what most companies are up against right now. You know, do we just slow down and let things go, go uh, off, you know, go off the books in the leasing side, and we'll come back and release them for lower rates, or do we just, um, you know, try to get ahead of and get some drilling done and capital spent there? Uh, each company is making their their decisions differently. It, it is a hard decision, uh, from what I seeing from where i'm standing but you know the values of the oil and gas properties because the technology is so much better and you know laterals are longer tracks are more effective you know the value to the landowners has still just continued to rise along with the value to the shareholders and the company. so from a roll season mineral valuation standpoint it's still a great bet to be a royalty owner um, to be a mineral buyer um, still you know great times for that
1: you know, it almost seems like this this kind of slow, it's not, it's not a downturn, but there's a little bit of slowing that's, that's been happening. I mean, you know, Whiting an, announced some big cuts. You know, we had a big merger, Baker Hughes and Oxy or whoever. Was that who it was?
2: Well, I think Oxy just purchased Anadarka. That's what it
1: was. Sorry. Quite a bit,
2: out, quite a bit out, of my, out of my realm.
1: Mr. Josh Hickman, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment or two. We're going to take a brief pause. We come back. We'll continue the conversation with Josh Hickman with American Energy Partners. My name is Jason Spees, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe.
4: the good thinkers and here's to the lonely drinker but don't you know
1: welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe my name is Jason Spies thank you folks for pulling up a stool joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about coming up next we continue the conversation with Josh Hickman with American Energy Partners hiccup that's happened i don't know if bubble's the right word but some people need to be educated in order to do the new technology that's going to make the wells more efficient so the next boom will come when those people get trained (laughs) i don't know if that makes sense to you or not but it just seems like there's a little bit of a a slow because of technology gap
2: well yeah that's a big difference but it's almost like the technology advancement has created a a supply and demand issue
1: yes yes that's a a much better way to phrase that
2: yeah and you know not that i'm promoting controlled economies by by any sense of the matter uh, but you know with 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 america being being capitalist and you're not being a a central authority that says well you know the gas sector is going to produce this much this year and and the manufacturing sector is going to use this much this year you know you, you, you can't smooth these things out which is the the whole boom bust cycle of the the oil and gas industry and having you know looked at this for for my entire life it's it's okay so we figured out how to do it better more efficiently and there's all this money coming in so we've got to produce well that really that always winds up in a bust because the manufacturing yeah they they appreciate the cheaper the cheaper dollars uh for the prices that they're that they're buying their energy for but they can only use so much they're not ready to take on more, you know, so it takes a little while to build those new factories and retrofit the coal plants to gas plants and get, you know, uh, LNG, you know, out the terminals at the ports. So, which is what we're seeing now. And as that continues to do, you know, it's just how it goes. And, you know, the the less wells you drill right now, you know, here's the bust or slowing, whichever we want to call it. Well, that means that in a year or two, that means there's there's going to be less wells online. Uh, and so the price will naturally go up. It's it's why we go through cycles in the oil and gas industry.
1: Yeah, you mentioned, too, the pipelines are seem to be moving along nicely, that sector. And I think that's part of it, too, when um, the, the, the pipelines get built down to the different arteries, Corpus Christi and some of the exporting areas. Uh, I think that's going to have a big impact on the market too, because it seems like within a year a lot of those are going to be coming online.
2: Yeah, and I, you know, our prices may go up a little bit, but there's still a huge volume that you know can supply those. But it's going to be a price collapse in you know to the places that are receiving that gas because you know European, you know Asian, whichever you know it's a lot higher gas price than what we see here because it takes a lot more to get it there. And, it's just how it is, so it's going to be a, a more of a price collapse on their end than it will be a price rise on ours. Just looking you know, at history,
1: one of the things we've brought up on this program is the uh, environmentalism movement that's happened, the rise of the environmentalism. And we, we've mentioned we, you know, we don't get political, but this has turned into a political issue, and I don't know why, but. You know, when I grew up, the light switch was never political. Parents would complain about gas prices, but it's gotten to the point to where it's it's now in there with gun control and a number of different things. You know, you got a couple presidential candidates talking about banning fossil fuels. You got the Green New Deal, Colorado. Um, you know, there's a lot of examples to to say that this is well beyond a, a political thing. This is what we're dealing with in reality now. That's that's our little justification for bringing this up. Uh, Where where, where do you fall on this kind of this this rise of environmentalism that's happened? I mean, it's really created. There's enough evidence there to say it's it's created uncertainty in Colorado, uh, at least. And, and, you know, we've got a couple of presidential candidates. It's in their platform. Do you guys get get into that much uh, or or talk about that at all when we talk about the rise of the new environmentalist?
2: You know, not really. I mean, our our company is is uh, you can see from our, our filings and, and releases that you know we're we're focused with American Energy Partners on on where water and energy and technology meet, uh, and then you know with Hickman Geological it's it's geological you know it, it, it's it's involved in in the earth and environmentalism and you know especially the slip and slope work that we do. It's about making sure that you know runoff and erosions and uh you know collapse of hillsides you know either you know get get treated appropriately or don't happen you know so you know in those senses we we do interact in that in that space as being a, a solution and, and worker with that but, but from what i've seen you know across the board you know 90, 98 99 percent of the people i interact with in the oil and gas industry um are environmentalists you know it's an extraction industry but when you look at, you know, the, <laughs> we're right here in August in, uh, in, in, uh, Kansasburg right now, it's raining a little bit and there's, there's probably, you know, 40 or 50, you know, gas well pads within a, within a 20 to 30 mile radius around, uh, around my house. You know, everything's green, everything's still beautiful. The air is cleaner in Pittsburgh than it's ever been. And, you know, a lot of that's attributed to the gas replacing coal, in the uh, in the uh power plants you know it, it's a big difference and when i look at the uh the amount of roads the amount of uh, pads the amount of pipe the amount of everything that went into the shallow well drilling where to extract the same amount of um you know gas from 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 the ground we would need you know hundreds hundreds and hundreds of wells uh spread across you know miles square miles of acreage to do what one well pat and you know one set of wells can do in a unit here in the marcellus it, it's a huge improvement um yes yeah, so you know you, you kind of you know there's there's some feel good things about the industry that, because most of the guys and girls that are involved in this you know they work outdoors they enjoy the outdoors they they their recreations and vacations involve the outdoors so it's not a um, it's not the cartoon uh, good guy and bad guy you know dick dastardly and you know all these you know uh, you know, kind of characters that uh, journalism and newspapers and you know, movies put up about uh, about the industry and I guess in, in that sense you know yeah you know, we all are involved in that environmental movement which is you know what the outcome is you know what is what is the outcome that people want some people want you know complete shutdown of, of every kind of extraction uh, I don't see how that's useful because it just pushes the extraction elsewhere in the world, and we become an importer of all extraction materials. I, I don't know how we survive a, as a country like that.
1: Well, you've you seem to me one of the examples we brought up, um, and this has been something we followed for like the last five years, and probably the last year we started saying, you know, it. We we have now gotten to a point to where. I feel comfortable enough saying that the energy industry is probably the leader in the environmental movement because they're the ones who are investing in the innovation and technology that have left a lot of the places, you know, looking better than when they the old boy scout mentality, you know, look a place leave a place better than when you got there. And some of these reclamation sites they do. And some of the like you mentioned some of the air quality that has increased has happened. Um, so yeah, we kind of say that to where we can make the argument and I have at conferences that the energy industry is now the new leader in the environmental movement. And it sounds like your company's, your company is one of those examples that is making sure that you guys are doing the environmental practices that are leaving the, you know, place better off than when you got there.
2: Well, you make good decisions. You know, I, am a, I'm always a big, uh big proponent of regulations and standard practices because without those you know there's no guidelines and guidebooks about what is the right thing to do when you've had a lot of intelligent people sit down and are experts in you know building slopes or you know know, building a road or how to how to construct a well pad and you come up with a set of standards uh, that should be followed in a tier two well that's that's a great thing and In our, our, our industry is very big about that. Anytime you have a large capital spend like we do with wells or well pads or you know, facilities, pipeline, um, you know, it's critical that it lasts a long time.
1: Mr. Josh Hickman, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment or two. We're going to take a brief pause. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Josh Hickman with American Energy Partners. My name is Jason Speece, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe.
4: Yeah, never being heard. And here's to not letting this moment pass.
0: Jason Speece, the most trusted voice in the Bakken.
4: I totally agree with you. And the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. And then you will let people make up their own minds. If you want
2: someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies.
3: Love listening to Jason Speece on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online.
2: Let's bring in Jason Speece, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this?
3: No one does an interview like Jason Speece. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery.
1: Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Josh Hickman with American Energy Partners. Building a
2: road or how to, how to construct a well pad and you come up with a set of standards uh, that should be followed in a tier two. Well, that's that's a great thing. And our, our, our industry is very big by then anytime you have a large capital spend like we do with wells or well pads or, you know, facilities pipeline, um, you know, it's critical that it lasts a long time. You know, some of these, um, some of these old wells, you know, from, you know, 1900 are still in production. You know, these gas wells that we see out here on these pads now, the, the shale wells, you know, calculations, you know, look like they're going to last over a hundred years. So you have to build things that last, but also build things that are going to, you know, protect and last and and show a, a good, good way to say that people are okay living next to them, you know, that it's on that farmer's farm, you know, that he's got to look at it, his kids and his grandkids might have to look at that area, you know, for a long time. So it's, it's got to be something that's, that's uh, useful, something that's that can last.
1: All right, well, I'd like to give uh, guests kind of the final thought, the final word that's not framed by me because uh, a lot of times the questions are as a host. But uh, this way, if somebody wants to reiterate something or maybe there's something we haven't talked about yet that is, should be brought up, uh, that way the guest has an opportunity to take the interview whatever direction they want to go or maybe a good barbecue recipe, who knows. Uh, <laughs> so the, the floor is yours, sir.
2: Thank you. I, I do appreciate it. It's been, it's been a pleasure chatting with you for the past hour, you know, the, the, the thing that I like to leave people with and, and so that you know, no one really has a, has a, has a question is I, I see way too many times that uh, landowners or even professionals that are, are well-educated uh, don't understand the value of their own gas rights. Um, if you don't understand the value of your own gas rights, uh, you get taken advantage of and it's not the other party's fault, it's yours. And that's really been the, the biggest benefit and the pleasure of doing um, the valuation work that we do for whether it's estate planning or, or divorces or, or a lot of times property sales is helping people understand what that value is and then seeing the light bulb go off and say, hey, this, this is real. It's, it's not too good to be true. It's actually real and it's a marketable commodity that can be you know, utilized to, to change people's situations. So, you know, in that case, you know, that, that's, that's always what I like to remind people with. And, you know, it, it's, it's not hard. It's not costly. It's not something that, uh, that is out of, out of people's reach to understand and do. And so, you know, in that case, call us, I'm always happy to help with that type of work. And, you know, you know, the second final word is just stay educated, always keep up on your industry news, keep up on your on your political news. You you don't want to be the guy or the girl looking back and saying, wow, I wish I'd understood that better. I wish I knew because we have to continue to keep shifting and adjusting and and moving uh, with technology and with how the how the world is changing around us. We have to be
1: informed. To listen to the full-length interview with Josh Hickman with American Energy Partners or to listen to other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. And while you're there, be sure to join our social media outlets. We've got all kinds of them within our network, the YouTubes, the Facebooks, even the Twitters. Go to thecrudelife.com, click on the Social Media tab, and you can see our entire list, our network of different shale plays as well as a few other different brands at crudelife.com and click on the social media tab. That's going to do it for today's program. I'd like to thank everybody for joining us here today, as well as Josh Hickman for being our guest with American Energy Partners. We're going to be back tomorrow at this time on this radio station. Of course, if you're tuning us on the internet or the interweb, we appreciate it very much. And for those of you who have downloaded our podcasts on iHeartRadio or iTunes, of course, we've got many other podcast platforms, Either way, we thank you very much for choosing us to be part of your daily content, weekly content, or even once in a while content. We appreciate it very much here at the Food Life Media Network and the Multimedia Cafe. From the staff at the Multimedia Cafe, my name is Jason Spies, Asking you to savor life and enjoy the spice.
4: Cause I'm back to the way It's just easy.